Hi. Evan. Come on, I've been waiting, I've been calling. Oh, oh, I must have left my phone at home. Mmm. No, you said 3 p.m. It's 3.15. Renisha, you could have um, gone on back there. I don't know these people. They're just my friends. I didn't even want to come to this, and you said 3 p.m. Well, I was... I'm here. I mean, 3.15 is not 3, and you had me standing out here looking crazy. Looking beautiful. Can you please listen to me? Okay. These are your friends. I don't know them. So I'm just a bit, you know, uncomfortable. So next time you say you're going to show up somewhere, can you please show up? I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but just hear me, okay? I do. I hear you, and I'm so sorry. Okay? I'm gonna do better. Hello everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies featuring Bryn and Jeremy. And this week we are talking about a very sad movie. A very sad <laughs> movie. It is number week number two of uh, bl- uh, Black History Month. Yeah, you uh, got it. I almost said Black Lives Matter. <laughs> um, it's Blue History Month. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and we are talking about the Smurfs too. Well, you know what Jer- they should do is they, it should really be all History Month. Yeah. Wait. Are you saying Black History Month all year long? No, it's all History Month. It's, it's all, everybody History yeah, Month. All, <laughs> all History Month. <laughs> this is where we focus on history. Yeah. And that, you know. And how everybody all, is part of all history. All history is. It's not just black people. <laughs> you know, the media gives you this perception of history that everything was black people. You know, if you mm-hmm. saw like. For example, if you saw like Hamilton or something like that, you <laughs> might you might be led to believe that all of history was actually black people. Or, you know, in you know, brown in yeah, or yeah, Southern Cuban guys. <laughs> Cuban guys who Lynn Manuel is insisting that it's an all black cast for yeah. some reason. Uh well that actually reminds me of what I watched this week. What did you watch this week? Which was Encanto. Ooh. Um, did you like it? I feel like I'm hearing like very mixed things about it. Yeah. Uh. So that's. I watch all the Disney movies. Yeah, you like this. I like the Disney movies. Uh, I watch them whether they're sometimes they're real bad. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're not good at all. Um. Sometimes I like them a lot. Like I'm a big Frozen fan. Frozen Two is dog shit. Mm. Uh. Bad songs. Bad politics. Not very funny. You know. Like. Yeah, I liked um. I liked the the Mexican one a lot, and so I thought Encanto might be Coco. Coco, yeah, Coco I love Coco. Is incredible. And Coco, like the thing that I really loved about it was like the color palette and like the environments and but stuff story... are really really well done. Well, the story is great too, and whatever. But I mean, like in terms of like how it would link up with Encanto is kind of like when I saw like the previews of Chiffre Encanto, I was like, oh, it looks kind of like they're they're kind of going with a similar sort of a like. You know, the, the, it's a very similar, like, color palette. It's a very yeah. similar, like, it seems like the focus is on, like, creating, like, a vibe with, like, the 
the um the the settings and stuff like is it mm-hmm. kind of is it is it good is, is yeah it okay uh you know it's good is it, it beautiful it's beautiful in a lot of places it's a smaller movie though mm. um in scope than coco it's just in one town but their house is <laughs> it's house of leaves but if house of leaves was woke okay like <laughs> oh it's the one where it's like magic people right and yeah, one yeah. of them doesn't have magic that's right um it's like their family is all super special and they all have a talent or it's not talent it's like a magic like a some sort of like blessing like one of them just has like super hearing one of them has super strength one of them can her food can heal any wound um which isn't explored enough because or used enough now that i think about Mm. it um like the mom's food literally just heals a broken arm or whatever um stuff like that um and our main character she didn't get some something happened where like there's a ceremony when you're like 10 years old or something like some age like a yeah. little kid and you go and you go to the do- magic door that like happened when you were born i guess and you get your own room mm. and you're supposed to open the door you see a l- another little kid get his and he like he touches it and then immediately like a toucan flies to him and he's like <gasps> and he's like oh i can understand you and then yeah. so he can talk to animals and then the door opens and it's this huge jungle and all the animals come in and like nice it's just like bigger on the inside and stuff it's great it's so cool looking um and they all have the party and it's like a big ceremony um but when she had her ceremony the door just disappeared and she didn't get a power mm. and so she's so she's sort of like the outcast among like all of these people who have a power interesting or is her power perhaps that she can like make stuff disappear or something like that. Right. So you don't know. And that's sort of what the mystery is. And there's an uncle who is like the black sheep. And there's one of the best songs in the movie is called, we don't talk about Bruno. Mm. And it's a whole song about why we don't talk about him, uh, which is you learn basically that he had the power of um, future telling like fortune, like seeing prophecies like us us, yeah (laughs) as we talked about on the bonus episode uh yeah he would basically just be like people would come to him and be like what's gonna happen and he'd tell them the truth and they'd get mad at him Mm. so eventually he just like left and no one's seen him so that's the premise i don't want to i won't spoil the show but it ends really nicely it's a cute little movie that ends i saw all this fucking discourse about like it's bad that it ends this way and like people were mad that the lady was too strong or whatever. Oh, oh yeah. It, I heard that like people love the, the big strong lady people like, or hate the big strong lady. Well, what I heard was that like the kids love the big strong lady. She's good. Um, and that like Disney apparently like over invested in merchandising one character that the kids don't particularly care for. <laughs> oh, and all really? the kids really <laughs> love the muscle lady. And so they had to like, they had to like divert funds and like re prioritize <laughs> some things to make more merch of her. Oh, that's um, cute. Which is very funny. The other thing that I heard that I thought was pretty funny was that like Encanto generally didn't do great. And mm. the, the tweet that I saw about it that was pretty funny was that like Disney like tries to, tries to appeal to Latin audiences by like giving them these like, you know, quote unquote Latin stories. And then like, they just don't respond to it at all. But then like, if you just give them like a new episode of Dragon Ball Super, it's like Woodstock. Yes. <laughs> it's like every <laughs> single episode is just like these like Woodstock level public events. 
Yeah. Uh, this movie feels... So the bat... I'll just say, I like the movie. It's cute. And if you like Disney movies, it's a pretty middle of the road, above average one. Okay. It's cute. And it's really beautiful looking. The animation is gorgeous. It's, it's, it's cool. Real subpar songs from, from Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved Moana. And I thought, all, and he did the music for that. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and I thought, the, and I don't, really like any of his other work but like the music on that is n- amazing like every song i thought was mm. really good did you ever th- see that one uh n- moana no well you're gonna catch up when nico's a little older yeah uh, i was gonna say like i'm i <laughs> mo get, and i like <laughs> we very specifically like any kids movie at all that like is even remotely appealing to us we're like just save it like yeah yeah we're we'll gonna <laughs> have to watch all this shit like, like six thousand times yeah exactly like our nephews watch the same movie over and over and over again. Like we're just like, we're going to be so sick of this shit. Let's just wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a good plan. Uh, Yeah. This is a good one that I think you won't mind. Moana is like, I love hearing the song. I still put the songs on sometimes just as a good song. Mm. Um, And I'm not, you know me, I'm not like a huge Broadway or musical person, but like, I do think the songs in that one are good. Uh, This one, I was sort of disappointed because I think that like Bruno and then like one of the other songs are like, Bruno is really good. And then one other song is okay. And then a lot of the main theme was just sort of lame. Um, And it's, it's specifically in Colombia, but it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like it's like, it's just a story about a magic house. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, family coming together and like they all just, there's like, no particular like Colombian like fingerprint on it. No, culturally or anything like that. It's just like people speak kind of with like Spanish accents. It's but. revealed that like at some point the reason they lost their house and had to move to the magic house is because of like an armed conflict. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. <dude. laughs> but it's like I was just about to make that joke. I was about I, to be like. <laughs> The reason they had to move to the House of Leaves is because of because of Castro's uh, yeah yeah because because you know they they stripped them of their their you of know their, their land yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's not that it's like there are it's like people on horseback with swords and stuff so it's okay. like what year is this it's not clear right um it's just like so pandering and cynical because it's like everyone talks in that like newscaster accent where it's like half of the people don't have it's like all of the adults have like a speak in a thick, like I guess Colombian accent. Um, but then all the younger kids don't like they live in America. You know what I mean? Interesting. Like they just have like, you know, American well, because accents. those are the, those are the kids and like the kids have to be like, right. You but kid. they live in Colombia. So right. it's like, why would they not also have an accent? And then it's like, well, it's because the kids are like kids are watching this and the kids need to relate to the kids. Right. Exactly. And they know that. So it, it the adults makes are sense. for us. But it's like it's this weird thing where it's like specifically Colombia, but not any specific story or heritage. Right. Uh, unlike Moana, which is like this is Samoa and it's about a Samoan story. Yeah. And Coco is like so fucking it's Mexican. fucking Mexican as hell. And yeah. it feels great. And that movie is incredible for lots of reasons. Yeah. Um. Do you think Coco is the best? Uh, yes, the best Pixar. Because mm-hmm. I've gone back and watched the ones I thought were the best Pixar, and even the ones that I think are still really great, like Wally. Um, yeah, but Wally don't hold up. Yeah, to Wally. Just thinking about that because I have seen that fairly recently too. Like Wally is good, but it like it doesn't have anywhere near as much going on as Coco. Yeah. Right. Like, I think Toy Story Four is really good. Mm-hmm. 
but Coco is just it's like it's a it's a head and shoulder it's like a it's telling such an interesting story and dealing with death in such a honestly like such a Mexican way that yeah. it is like incredibly personal for me and it's like such a way that's like it's just not explored in any kind of movie let alone children's movies right and it has which like, is so sad that they whiffed so hard on soul yeah um god but but yeah like but Coco also has just like it has like it has textural components to it that are like like it 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 it, it has like aesthetic choices that are so unique that like nobody else is like no other movie is doing and like influence the story like the the visuals influence the story like a fucking like literature you know like yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. got like this extra like metaphorical linkage mm. um that's just yeah i love that movie beautiful so film th- don't expect Encanto to be anywhere near that level yeah it's it's it actually uh uh coco inspired my brother-in-law to uh to get engaged how uh i don't know i never i haven't seen him uh <laughs> because every time we have a kid so every time you know it's it's my wife's brother so uh-huh. like if there's ever an opportunity to hang out I'm watching Nico and Mo is hanging out oh, with him. I see. So like I haven't really seen him in like a while. <laughs> but I get the reports back from her and uh-huh. like she's like half remembering the conversation and being like, Yeah, he saw Coco and like it like really moved him in a really major way and he started thinking about family and like legacy and <laughs> and, and and he decided to get engaged and he thought he was never gonna get married and It's honestly like an American f- it, it, like we don't get American films that heady. Yeah. And it's weird that it's like a kids movie, mm-hmm. but it's it's really good. It's a beautiful film. It's a great movie. Uh, go see Coco. Don't watch Encanto. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> this is a movie that is like the the metaphor that they're making. I think is fine. It's good and mm. it's thought through. I, I've, yeah, I've seen like mixed things where people are like, I don't think they should have done this at the end, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. It's so a, what does her power end up being? Well, it's not really. Okay, spoiler until <laughs> skip ahead to For like 15. two minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, the house is cracking and falling apart, and people okay. are starting to lose their powers. And she is like, there was a. She's trying to figure out why. She's like, my purpose must be to figure out why. Mm. And so she goes to Bruno's old room and finds his prophecy like a prophecy that's like shattered it's like on this weird like glowing green glass and it's like the house cracking or not cracking and she's standing in front of it so everyone was like that means you're destroying it and like everyone thinks she's the reason all this is happening um but it ends up bruno's been living in the walls the whole time nice um and he's john leguizamo and he's pretty funny hell yes Uh, (laughs) and he's just like a weird he's like a black sheep like a really good Sounds like he fucking rules. He's great, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, people don't want to hear the truth, you know, yeah. what's going to happen. Uh, and so he left just because he, people were mad at him. And so from that moment, basically, the house started falling apart, literally, because it's metaphorically that their family was sort of coming together. Sure. Because the, mo- the grandmother was so, felt like everything needed to be perfect and everything mm-hmm. had to be a certain way. And so... Her power is that the house completely does fall apart and then they have to like get the whole town to rebuild it and like actually come together emotionally and love each other and care about each other. And then when she finally like puts the house together, all of this shit comes back and like her power was basically to like unite them again. Okay. I don't think she actually gets a real power. 
Yeah. Um, so, but I, I people, but everybody appreciates her anyway. Yeah, and people were like annoyed that they got their powers back, but it's like it's a metaphor for like being at your best when you're like you know not trying to be perfect it works right. i think it works well that's the end of spoilers that's the end of spoilers um, and the one thing i will say though is the uh, coming back to the idea of the the parents having accents and the children not having accents uh-huh. i think actually my my now current belief is that you actually lose woke points for that <laughs> um it's not i agree it's not woke to tell a a latin american story if the primary audience which is children if they are not being made to contend with what it means to interact with a Latin American person, right? It's like the whole point of like the point of showing yeah, that, exactly. like if you're not if you're not mixing in any specific Colombian culture, then you damn sure it better at least be like teaching kids like it's okay to talk to somebody with an accent. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to make fun of them for having an accent. Yeah. <laughs> and you can in fact you can even relate to them because they're people. Right. And, you know, but if you if you also don't have them have accents, then you kind of have just you've done nothing except maybe choose like a specific art style for your movie, <laughs> right? Which is pretty, by the way. But mm. uh, yeah, it's it's got its issues. I think it's it's not the best songs. It's not the best story. It's okay and it's cute. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, right, real quick before I, w- I wanted to mention that I watched a movie called. It's called Black Easter, okay. also known as Assassination 33 AD. Nice. And it's a Christian movie about a guy who invents time travel and these like Muslim guys want to use it to go back in time and kill Jesus. Yes. <laughs> and then it is like this insane thing where they fuck up the timeline to the point where they are the ones causing Jesus's miracles. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah like when the when he what ri- an ambitious christian film it's insane it's awful i mean it's it's very funny it's so bad it's nearly <sighs> unwatchable but like i really want to watch it you should because it's it's so funny uh black easter um the acting is terrible <laughs> it's a little racist i uh, bet the cool you know like his best friend is the cool black guy. And that black guy is like the guy who helps Jesus carry the cross mm. to the, the thing. And then of like course. the two bad guys are the ones who are like crucified next to him. And like, guess it makes sense because I, I feel like they keep trying to solve things that don't make any sense. Like they want like people to look correct, mm. but it's like, there was no cameras. Like no one would know if they were white guys. Or whatever. It doesn't, it's bonkers. Wow. Um, And it's like, a ton of stuff where it'll just be like, and then voiceover and stock footage of boats mm. happens. <laughs> uh, it's really, I think it's definitely worth watching. It's very funny. That's hilarious. Um, so that's, that is a terrible movie corner. <laughs> <laughs> what did you watch this week? Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Uh, I watched a, a Netflix original series um, called, I had to look it up because it's a very hard title to remember. Yeah. It's called, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Okay. It stars Kristen Bell and uh, nobody else of consequence. Who's Kristen Bell? She is an actor. Oh, oh, she's the good place girl. I think so, yeah. She's married to Dax Shepard. She's in a bunch of stuff. I mostly know her from that um, that YouTube video that's uh, it's uh, jumping between pictures of her and Christian Bale 
and saying Kristen Bell, Christian Bale, Christian <laughs> Bell, Christian Bale, and just like saying it in a weirder and weirder voice until it sounds the same. Um, <laughs> you should watch The Good Place. I watched the first couple episodes and I did not like it. You won't and like I understand it. I understand that later they find out they're not in the good place, they're in the bad place. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I will not be good. watching it. Um so the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window is a uh, mystery thriller series that I guess is like kind of supposed to be like a bit of pastiche, a bit of like uh, like calling upon the genre. Uh, I don't know because I don't know any of that shit. Of what genre? Like it. Okay, so <laughs> the story is she is a she is a wit not a widow. Uh, uh, what do you call it when your kid dies? Oh, kid widow, a kiddo, <laughs> a kid uh, <laughs> woe. So she's a divorced kiddo who um, she Spinster? has a drinking problem, and she like watches her neighborhood through her window, and she like obsesses over the people in her neighborhood, and she witnesses a murder across the street, and it's becomes obsessed window. with the murder, and um, and then um, you know she tries to solve it because the police aren't doing it right. That's the kind of story that this is, and apparently this is like a you know a genre. Uh, and so this is calling upon other works of the genre. I don't know because I've never seen any of this shit. Okay. What it is, is it's a mystery story sort of thing, but it's also like a psychological thriller. Sure. Um, have you seen rear window? No. Huh? Um, at first it's just kind of like a weird, bad show that just is like a little trashy. And you're like, I don't know if I can really, get into this i the the experience of watching this show was the first episode we're watching it we're like eh, like, yeah yeah is the acting kind of lame or the acting is kind of lame it's all kind of like big and like over the top and kind of like soap opera-y a little bit okay and so in the first episode we're like i don't know if i really give a shit about this let's give it one more and we'll see how it how it develops right we get through the second one and it starts to get like a little like surreal and okay. you're like why is it so weird like there's weird <laughs> stuff like there's a guy there's like a handyman outside her house who's like working on her mailbox for like several days in a row and you're like <laughs> you're like what is this guy doing on her mailbox why is he always there and right. you're just like these sort of like dreamlike strange things and then like um, they start to like kind of cut in these weird things where you're like, is this bad writing? Or is it like a dream? Or is it a <laughs> dream? Or is it bad on purpose? What's going on? Okay. And so she has this dead daughter who she kind of brings up all the time. And the first time that you find out what happened to her, Mo and I were like, this can't be what they wrote for this. This <laughs> what can't does seriously. Happen to her? So, so she, her husband it works for the FBI as like a, as like a oh, forensic no. guy or whatever, uh, or a, a criminal psychologist, and he's like interviewing a, a serial killer, and he leaves it, and it's take your daughter to work day, and he <laughs> leaves his daughter in the room, and her, and and he as gets locked serial. out of the room, and the serial killer murders her. <laughs> And you're like, that can't be, that can't be what you wrote. Right. And then she's like, and, and, you know, the, po the, the police called him Massacre Mike. And the you're serial like, killer? the serial killer is like, serial killer <laughs> name was Massacre Mike. And you're like, no, no, 
no, no, no, no, no, no, no. <laughs> so, so your experience of it is like these little things come in and you're like, this is so stupid. Are you serious? This is so stupid. But like more and more of them start to happen over the runtime until Something. eventually it circles around and you're like, you're doing this on purpose. This is what the purpose of the piece is. Right. And I've never really seen that happen before <laughs> where like surreal things and like bad things that like at first are annoying and like really grinding eventually circle around to being like hilarious and you're like oh my god i can't believe <laughs> this is what happened like um the guy who's working on the mailbox right yeah he's always working on the mailbox and later on he becomes like a suspect of the murder and so she's talking to her husband her ex-husband on the phone and she's like she's like all those years ago when you hired him to fix our mailbox like why like why did you hire him and 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 you're like wait so he's been working on the mailbox for years so like is a comedy kind of yeah exactly so it's it's at that stage that you realize like oh this is supposed to be comedy right but then like it just it's 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 like a machine that's like like clicking into into gears and like eventually it's just like everything is this now (laughs) (laughs) so it just gets more and more insane it gets more and more insane as it goes until the end of it is just like what what (laughs) it's just like slapstick (laughs) it's like yeah it literally it becomes slapstick at the end right that sounds good i gotta say like i really am not sure if i liked it or not but i am deeply fascinated by it (laughs) there's uh, a couple movies that are kind of like that for me Mm. uh i know who killed me being one of them with uh lindsey lohan yes i've seen that movie a couple times and i like it a lot uh i still have no idea if it's supposed to be funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like she gets a robot hand in that movie like (laughs) right it doesn't make any sense it's so bizarre I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but I think it's very funny. It's like that um that Quibi show with the golden arm. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I I it's funny cuz I I don't know if how I feel about it. Like I think that a slow burn comedy that becomes stranger and stranger is an interesting idea, mm-hmm. but I don't love the idea that Netflix knows that people will just watch such dog shit that they're like let's see if this absolutely horrible show will get better yeah because righteous gemstones only comes out once a week right (laughs) because it's actually difficult to write something good yeah um it's which righteous gemstones is very good righteous gemstones is the best this this fucking uh the interlude episode this incredible I just want it all to be interludes. I know I want nothing but interludes. I don't really actually give a shit about what's going on in the main plot. I well, want it, all interludes. It's weird because I think that the tone of the show has to shift at a certain point because it's like some of the stuff is a little too broad. You mm-hmm. know, like like the 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 sister's husband's like baptism party episode yeah like felt a little too wacky to me right where it's like well i don't really care about any of this it's mm-hmm. so, somewhat funny it was all just to get eli to the point of, of breaking, breaking his, his, thumbs, his fingers yeah. which is like also pretty broad mm-hmm. and like a little bit crossing a, of a like emotional line but it's like I'm not sure how to feel sometimes with that part of the show because 
the interludes are so good. Right. They're pretty funny and entertaining, but also like really emotionally, like have a lot of emotional depth and weight. So I'm always like, I love the show, but I'm like, I want it to feel a little more congruous, I suppose. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's okay that it's super goofy sometimes, but I wish there was every other episode was an intermission or 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 something. Maybe two or three a season. But I like it all. It's all really good this season. It's a good show. I'd recommend watching it. I'd also, I feel like I would recommend the woman in the whatever. The the, The name sounds ridiculous. Yeah. that's the thing, right? Is like so. So the name is ridiculous, and in the preview, you see her drinking these like gigantic Enormous glasses wines, of wine, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, there is some, there is some tongue in cheek here. Like I, I yeah. knew from the get go that like some amount of this was supposed to be funny, but it's like it's as it goes on is when you realize like how much of it is supposed to be funny. It and also- now I almost want to rewatch it to see how funny some of the stuff in the beginning feels. Now that I know where it ends up it also kind of reminds me of your next yes where like when i first saw that movie it was like a pretty serious i thought it was going to be a serious movie about a break-in and like horror and then it like gets stupider and weirder and funnier as it goes i love that movie (laughs) so good that's a good ass movie uh yeah um one very funny joke from uh from this show the name that I'm just not going to keep saying. The woman in the, the house across the street with the girl window. window. Um, so at some point she becomes a suspect of the murder, and so the police Kristen are like, Bell. "Yeah, the police are like inspecting her house. She's a painter, right?" And um, the police are inspecting her house, and they're like, "You know, we found a palette knife near the body, and maybe, maybe it was you. Maybe, you know." <laughs> and she's like, "Why would I do it?" And they're like, "You know." You see them across the street. They're the perfect family. You know, they have everything that you don't have. And she's like, come on. Why would I think that? And then one of the guys is like, Sarge, you're going to want to come and take a look at this. And they they go over and he like pulls out a canvas that she's painted and he turns it. And it's like a beautiful portrait of the family (laughs) across the street with the text, the perfect family (laughs) written over the top. Okay. So it gets really comedic. Yeah. That's like a top. That's like a top secret gag. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm imagining it being Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> yeah, that that got a good good hearty chuckle out of me. <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, I'll yeah. check that out. Have do you ever seen Police Squad? Police Squad. Yeah. No. The show that came before Naked Gun. No, I've seen the Naked Gun. You've seen all three of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it was six episodes and it was a TV show. Mm-hmm before they made movie and it's just more of the same thing more of the same yeah. but it's very funny nice. <laughs> they they end every episode uh just standing in place like the like they're frozen you know mm-hmm. and then there's always a gag of like and they're like you know and i'll buy that for a dollar and they stop and like the music plays and then like one of the guys who was like getting arrested in the police uh in the police station just like realizes everyone's not moving <laughs> and then leaves <laughs> Stuff, or like that we pour in coffee and then he just starts pouring it on his lap and it's like it's not frozen <laughs> he's like trying not to be in pain <laughs> it's very good uh anyway we well that jump. that fun is out of the way uh, now that we all of our giggles are out of the way <laughs> this week we watched a movie called test pattern uh yes. 
as I explained last week, I picked this movie because it'd been on sort of my radar since it came out, I think in 2019. 2019, or, yeah. Or, um, it was one of those movies that like end of the year uh, indie film, you know, like, or, or what's that fucking website? Indie, IndieWire. IndieWire. The website I check every year when it's like, what are the good movies? And they have... 20 movies that I've never fucking heard of right. that are all the best movies I saw that year. Yeah, and they all like they all won some award at like a a, a film festival you've never heard yeah, of. Yeah, Tallahassee in your life. River Run yeah. or whatever and it's like some okay. some obscure French village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh they're always really good. Like I always watch a bunch of them in January and February. Yeah. Um but you know, during the pandemic, it's just been like I don't want to watch something artsy and and tough to like digest so yeah but this one i really did want to see people were saying it was really good yeah and 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 i wouldn't call this artsy or hard to digest well it's hard to watch it's hard to watch uh, <laughs> yes uh but it it isn't uh pretentious by any means it's i even say in terms of hard to watch i'd say this was a, a much more watchable than something like um um cattle and varga Mm. It it flows. It moves. Yeah it, yeah, it moves. It's it's much more like broadly appealing. It's it's much less brutal on a on just like a an a emotional level. emotional level. Like the stuff that's happening throughout the film. Like the brutal thing happens once, and then the rest of it is just like a a dragging of that brutal thing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like Catalan Varga and stuff like that is like like every couple of minutes is like God, oh man fuck, this sucks oh, too. <laughs> 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 yeah, I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Uh and this is not this is a movie that's much more grounded in the present day. Uh and sort there's in that way there's almost sort of more levity but also yeah. more harsh reality. Right. Um so I think I'm just going to I think we have to say Yeah, this is this is going to be a big warning. trigger warning, yeah. content warning, whatever I, you want to call it. Th- I honestly have never I mean, Catalan Varga is pretty rough, mm-hmm. but this movie has such realistic depictions of how this kind of thing actually plays out. Yeah, that it was very hard for me to watch. Yeah, so specifically, this is a this is a rape, sexual assault content yeah. warning. If that's if 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 that uh, is something for you, just you turn the episode just, off. Like, don't if you tune don't... in next week for a. a, a <laughs> A much more fun a documentary <laughs> about a a hip hop artist. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this one take uh, the week off. You've <laughs> earned it. <laughs> yeah, you heard about Encanto. Yeah, you heard about the woman. Uh, you know, don't yeah. don't torture yourself with this. But if, might I recommend the Ballin' Out Super Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great choice. It's a great choice. It's a great choice. Yeah. Go to Jeremy Thunder YouTube. Yeah, check watch, out watch check out some, my new City Skyline series. Yeah, the Scylla Republic. Scylla Republic. Yeah. I always want to say Skia. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's in Spanish, it's Esquia. Esquia. Um, but I, you say it's Scylla, so I don't want to... It's the I Engli- don't wanna... It's like Dominican Republic is the idea. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's the okay. English name for the place. Mm, Scylla All Republic. will be revealed. Okay. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Uh, okay, so this movie is directed by Shatara Michelle Ford. This is her first movie. And yes. I... I Fantastic debut! Incredible debut! Really incredible debut! I was really surprised. She by made this. something. Did she make something else? Is there another thing from her? No, now? I I don't think so. Well, I don't think so. Oh, it 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 says uh, their forthcoming 
coming of age film Queen Elizabeth was oh. named to the 2017 blacklist, okay. which is a, um, you know, about blacklist. It's the, is that, it's like the best liked screenplays that Hollywood that isn't making. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and it is currently being made as of 2021, but nice. I don't think it's come out yet. Um, but she, uh, she wanted to make this period piece and people were like, you can't direct it. Mm-hmm. You've never made a movie before. And so she's like, I guess I have to make a movie. So right. she wrote something quick, <laughs> just quick and easy. Yeah. Uh, apparently the screenplay is only like 30 pages long. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised. There's not a lot of, not a lot my, happens. It's, I was going to say my, my biggest, my set. I'll say my second biggest, uh, criticism of this movie is that there's not enough talking Mm. um for a movie like this i would like to see more talking yeah i i'm sort of on the fence about that because of how realistic it feels like how Mm. naturalistic yeah i was gonna say like in these scenarios people don't talk but unfortunately i'm watching a movie yeah and i'd like to i'd like a little bit more of it on the on the screen i kept waiting for him to explain yeah like kept him the boyfriend and eric especially being like i want to have evidence or i don't believe you or i want like I need you to trust me about that. Like something. Yeah, yeah, something. Give me something. But he feels too awkward to say it, and it is so tough. It's tough, but it's also like it, it kind of is tough as a viewer because you're just like this guy is not a like in in every other part of this movie he's so talkative he like yeah, yeah. really loves to over explain to... shit and whatever <laughs> like. Uh, so let's just quickly do the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a movie about Renisha. Um. She meets this guy. She's a black woman. He's a white guy. Yeah. Um, and Eric comes up to her at a bar after they dance a little bit. And he's like, hey, can I get your number? She's like, she's with her friends. She, she's like, sure. He uh, says, cool. Walks away because he don't want to bother, I guess. Yeah. Then he, they like meet up later. He like sees her in a parking lot. This is in Texas, by the way. Yes. Very Texas. Feels yeah. very Texas-y. Uh, is it Austin? Yeah. Um, feels very Austin-y. Um, the only place in Texas I've been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and he sees her. He's like, "Hey, I was, I was gonna call you. I, I felt nervous." And they meet up. They have a date. Yeah. It's very, very good. Like that stuff to me was way more like cute and realistic as a, a meet cute movie. Yeah. Than, than yeah, I was yeah, expecting. Yeah. Uh, he's really charming mm-hmm. and normal looking. She's really shy, but like extremely hot, very hot. Wow, uh, <laughs> gorgeous woman, beautiful lady. Um, and uh, what's so, she doing with this goblet? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's really not like regular he, looking. He actually does look like the kind of guy who absolutely pulls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it was funny because I remember watching the trailer and I was like, "Is this supposed to be like some stranger?" Like. In the trailer, he yeah. just seems like this weird, like angry goblin. But then, I mean, in the in the in the opening scene, I didn't know. I came into this completely cold. Yeah. Um. In the opening scene, when they first meet, I was like, "Oh no, this guy is gonna be the rapist." And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like they're listening to like ska, and I'm like, "Does she get raped with ska on?" <laughs> God damn. No, yeah, but he's like, uh, as soon as he starts talking, he's like nervous. And yeah. then once they're on the real date, he's so charming. He's so charming. And I was he's like, very good. oh, this is 
he's so good in this movie. He's, yeah. He's just such a great, I mean, they're both great. I think the performances are, are what make the movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, and she talked about this, that she wanted to sort of make a movie that was more working with actors and like letting them direct or letting them take this, the, 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 the story to where it was going to go. So they hook up and they start dating. It cuts yeah. Possibly years in time they Definitely. have a house they, together. They have different hair and stuff. Yeah, she they have different hair, they have dogs. She has more tattoos. Oh yeah, she has a full sleeve almost. Mm-hmm. She only had one tattoo. Yeah. Um so you get this like sense of their lives that that you know, they've been yeah, living she's together. She's starting and... a new job uh because when we meet her she's like super corporate. She has this like insane condo in downtown Austin in like a high rise that has three decks. Oh and yeah! Like it's like huge it's and has huge, amazing, and, like, really luxurious kitchen. And now they live in like a cute little house in East Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's East, right? Where um, like all the little houses are. Anyway, they live in a cute little Austin house for now. South by me. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it, yeah. So now they have kind of like a nice little life together. She's starting a new job that seems like it's kind of like a step down for her, but a step more in like a direction that she's more passionate about. Cause it's like an animal shelter or something like that. Some sort of like mildly corporate like organization that like helps rescue animals. And yeah. she's like basically in uh, not sales, but like fundraising, getting fundraising. Yeah. She's basically yeah. in fundraising, which is like so perfect for her. Like mm-hmm. she seems like the kind of girl who would be in fundraising. Yeah. Um, so she's really excited about it. He's really excited for her. She, she gets goes braids to her done. first day. Yeah. She gets her hair all done nice to 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 do the the dang job and she goes and then she comes back and there's like she's like, "Oh, we're going to celebrate at this bar and me and my friend Amber are going to go to this bar." And I don't like, even think it was explicitly a celebration. Oh, I yeah. think she like her friend wanted to like complain about something. And right, which is Trump, I think. <laughs> it, it ends up being Trump, yeah, which is uh, a very annoying scene. Um, <laughs> but she's like, uh, uh, she's like, I'm gonna go meet up with her. You should come with. And he's like, I hate that bar. It sucks. And she's like, All right, then I'm gonna go. And he, he like is like a little overprotective, but like in a way that you're like, All right, whatever. Like you know, right. She doesn't seem to be bothered by it. She seems to, if anything, be like a little bit like flattered by it and like enamored by it you know he's like you take a cab don't drive like be good be careful whatever Mm -hmm. she goes they uh they are hanging out at the bar her friend is complaining about trump a whole lot very loudly yeah uh and it's very annoying uh little scene but very realistic that's the thing it's like it's like ugh. and then like i get why you're doing it because it's like it's interesting because it's the only time they like come. It's the only time that she complains about white people mm-hmm. and like, you know, there's, there's not a lot of it explicitly talked about ever in the movie about any sort of like race yeah, or gender issues at all in the movie. But it's like the whole movie's about it, but it's explicitly, she just wants to vent to her black friend, you know, her, you know, her black friend. Right. And they sort of have this thing and then these two like douchey tech bros come over and they're like, we heard you and we are with you, sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to talk about Robert Mueller with yeah. somebody. And that is working for Amber. She's uh. like, okay, I will fuck this 
in you know guy this little guy who just sold his company for a billion dollars let's or whatever. talk about robert mueller shut up but it's like you know we're us and like that's how normal people are yeah i know and and what's interesting too is i feel <laughs> like in maybe like four or five years it's going to be like such a like such a period piece sort of vibe where you're going to be like, that is exactly what it was like to go to a bar that year. It literally was. And it's one of those things where it's like, you'll watch a movie from the sixties and they'll be talking about Nam or something. And you're like, were people really talking about that? And I bet. And people from the sixties were like, yes, yes. All the time. Like they were talking about the black Panthers. They were talking about Nam. They're talking about JFK, (laughs) you know, like, that's what was happening and everyone yeah. had opinions and they're probably insufferable as they are now. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have to see their tweets about it. Anyway, um, so basically the next part of this scene is sort of the pivotal point of the movie where after they meet these two douchey guys, they just start peer pressuring Renisha into drinking yeah. and doing drugs. And she's, and like Amber is a big part of this. I know. Like Amber is really pushing a lot on her. She very explicitly from the get go is like, I'm just trying to have one drink and then go home because I yeah. have a brand new job that I'm really excited I about and that I have to go to tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. I want to, it's Tuesday. Like, come yeah. on. And Amber is being a very bad influence. Yeah. And these and two guys are, are pushing more and more on her. They mixing drinks like they, like, Taking right. shots, drinking champagne, drinking cocktails, and then they give her an edible. Supposedly. And, yeah. And both of them get fucked up after Although that. Although I would say it's like, I don't, I didn't get the impression that it wasn't an edible because I mean like when you get fucking crossfaded like that, you might as well have taken like <laughs> GHB or whatever. Like, yeah, my, you know, it's funny cause like she isn't shown having more than a couple of drinks, mm. but they are the the drinks that she is are given to her by the like like two of the drinks are handed to her directly by the guy right and this is one of the things i loved about this movie was i mean loved is a weird word but like how extremely realistic it is like when you suspect that you've been drugged there's no way you can know because you're like i was drinking but I feel like I didn't drink enough to get that drunk. Yeah. But it's the weed. The weed fucking gets you, and man. Every time I've ever been like pretty drunk and then smoked a little bit of weed, it literally might as well have been like a roofie because I right. just get like, <laughs> I get that like fucking crossed eyes and then I like either puke or I pass out and that's just it. <laughs> like cross fading does not work and for she me. she hates weed, but I feel like it is implied that it's possible that that, that mm-hmm. happened and she suspects it, but like can't know yeah and that's just the thing you can't know um and so anyway the you know everything goes pretty wonky it becomes a uh the weekend video yeah uh she's sort of falling down she's trying to leave there's a minute where she sees amber and amber looks like she's kind of passing out too right and so for a second there i was like is it going to be amber that gets Mm -hmm. raped because i knew it was going to be about somebody getting raped because it's in the synopsis of the movie right and the synopsis is written really poorly on on Wikipedia um, on either Wikipedia or on Letterboxd or maybe both. But it's like it's like it's written as like a mixed race couple uh, is put to the test uh, after a black woman is raped by a white man or something like that. <laughs> oh, and so it's kind of phrased in a way where it's I'm like, like someone else, somebody is else, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it isn't. It's it's Renisha, and yeah. she she um, you know basically what happens is that. She wakes up in a hotel room. She doesn't have her phone. She doesn't have her purse. The guy who was trying to get her to dance with him 
has had sex with her. Yeah. Has raped her. And she is like, where is my shit? I can't be here. She tries to leave and like go into the hallway. He like brings her back because yeah. she's still fucked up. And he's like, all right, I'll take you to Am- I'll take you to Amber. He drives her to Amber's place. Yeah, just fucking like dumps her off in the road and just leaves. Yeah. Uh, it's a real disorienting sequence. Um, not because it's like cut weird or like what's great about it is that it's not cut weird. It's not a lot of special effects or weird like editing effects. It's just oddly paced. Yeah. Um, And that really sets this odd feeling. And then like she gets to the house and Eric is just like, looks like he's been up all night. Yeah. His performance in this moment is really good. Um, And he's just like, what happened? Like, where have you been? Are you okay? And like, she like apologizes to him mm-hmm. and he's like you should get some rest and so she's sleeping he goes and talks to amber um and then when she gets up he's like we got to go to a hospital i think mm-hmm. we should get a rape kit and this is like this is where really i feel like the the meat of the movie is right yeah. is like in this next sequence of like he doesn't i don't know it's like <laughs> he doesn't ever ask her like do you think we should get a rape kit? Right. No, he wants it. He wants it. They go to a hospital. Uh, she's like, I got to pee. And he's like, you know that you have to pee in this cup because that's how the rape kit works. I guess. I guess. I don't know. But he seems to know a lot about the rape uh, yeah. kit. But I mean, <laughs> but at the same time, she's been asleep. So it's very, Maybe it's very believable yeah. that he's just like frantically Googling shit. Or all night he's yeah, been doing this. That's 100% what I would be doing. Yeah. <laughs> I found out all the things I've and he, he's, yeah, yeah. if he's been doing that it's off screen and we don't know exactly but yeah he's, and, and, and and it's important to say at this point that like my I feel like my experience of this movie was interesting because of the fact that like I just relate to this guy a lot mm-hmm. in like the way that he like I could completely see myself being this guy being sure. like being like we need to get a rape kit you need to pee in the cup like just being so set on this that like I don't even ask. Like, I don't even talk about it. I'm just like, we gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go right. do this. And to be fair to Eric, uh, which the movie is like mm-hmm. the movie. What's so fascinating. And I think great about this movie is that there is a power dynamic and he has things that he might have ignorance of, but he's entirely good hearted. Yeah. And there is like, you can, really imagine that like he just doesn't think Renisha would have like the mental wherewithal to do what he thinks is right in this moment right and he's taking control and doing what he thinks should happen absolutely um and and there's like a performance of masculinity that happens in these scenarios where you're like i'm protecting my you know i'm just picturing like with with my wife that like i'm just like i i have to protect her i have to take care of her like you know, I, uh, you know, of course I'm going to take control in this situation right. because she was fucking raped last night. And like, she is probably go- spiraling through a whole mess of different things. Although I will say that I do feel like there were like nine or 10 different points in it where I feel like I would have stopped him and like, Hey, you seem really fucking bummed out about the way I'm being <laughs> right now. So maybe I should talk <laughs> to you about this. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it, it, but it's weird because she, even if I don't, even if I don't believe that I'm being wrong, I still feel like I would have been like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'm sure. being a pain in the ass." Like, <laughs> yeah. And there is a moment later where they like hug and like stop. Yeah. Um, 
but it's pretty far into this whole like it little yeah like, oh so so weird adventure plot wise they go to the hospital to go get the rape kit uh but the they're like we don't have the the staff or whatever it's like one of them doesn't have the right nurse one of them doesn't have the rape kit supposedly the first one is saying to her we don't have we have a rape kit but we don't have a nurse who's qualified to a sane nurse probably like sexual assault nursing yeah, yeah, yeah or whatever yeah. like i don't know what it yeah it's for. like we don't have the right kind of nurse to administer the test a forensic test and so we can't do it but it's like not given much explanation as to how that could be possible it's like they don't want to for some reason yeah um and then so you know eric freaks out and is mad and yelling at the doctors yeah as he would uh and then they then she has to pee really bad and they're speeding to another hospital. another hospital that's on a list of of rape kit hospitals uh and, and then the, they get there and they're like we don't have rape kits here she pees in a cup that's just like a regular drinking cup yeah and is carrying it around which is such an incredible like little just a little thing to add to the yeah. to the scenes is just her carrying around the pee cup all <laughs> all over town yeah and they're you know the lady's just like oh we su- we don't have that we suggest you go to this hospital and he's like what the fuck yeah you're on the you're list. on this list and it's such a funny thing to be like <laughs> i have this list like this is official somehow you yeah know? he's yeah, just yeah. like um and so she's just like re- you know renisha is just like not there really uh and on the way to another hospital she's like why is this important to you yeah, because she says, like, I want to go home. I yeah. want to be done with this. And he's like, you know we can't do that. And yeah. she's like, why is this so important to you? And then he doesn't answer. And I know that that's, like, in the it's in the spirit of realism and it's in the spirit of naturalism and whatever. But it's like, I just wanted more. Like, it's the one, it's, it's, it's the thing that I left this movie feeling the most is, like, as much as I really loved the performances in it, and as much as I loved like the 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 um the just like the the overall vibe of it is yeah. very powerful. Like it's something about it's, it. Is... It's, it's it's like um it's something I said about the Godfather. It's the smell. You know, like yes. you can really smell the scenes in it this. Smells like, like it Austin. Feels right and like it's it's what you get when you have a filmmaker who really knows a place very well mm-hmm. and sure. knows the people who live in a place very well and it's something that i didn't take a lot of film classes in college but the one that i did i think i've told you this before that the professor had this whole thing that he went on about how like almost every filmmaker who has a city like like every yeah. filmmaker has a city and and when they leave that city is when they make their first bad movie and it's yeah. always like that with everybody where like you have like you're the New York guy and like you lived in New York your whole life and all your movies are in New York. And, and then one time you're like, I'm going to make a London movie and it sucks. <laughs> and it sucks ass. <laughs> Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, her next movie is called Queen Elizabeth. Who knows if it's in Austin? Who knows? But uh, uh, and I don't know if she's from Austin or what. Or no, she she's actually there. from uh, Missouri. Oh, interesting. But she definitely feels like she fucking knows. Yeah, Austin. she sur- sure seems like she's lived there a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but the thing you were saying, despite liking that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the the like, despite liking all these things, I just felt like at the end of it, I was like, it 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 just f- didn't feel like a movie to me as much as it just felt like it was like watching. 
it, it was too much like watching just what would happen. Like a really well directed. Like it might as well have been a documentary. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I wished that there was a little bit more on the page. I, I hear you. I think, I think so in this moment is when we, I, I one thing yeah, I she think, asks him, why is this so important to you? And he doesn't answer. And I feel and like it's not even like he doesn't have an answer. He just literally doesn't answer. And that's, like, even if he just said, like, I don't fucking know, right. even that would have been, like, way more for me. Right. And I feel like she's, like, the decision that she's making, I think, is a smart one most of the time. But it ends up feeling like she's sh- sh- shying away from uh, making hard decisions. Like, this could have been bumped to an incredible film yeah with i think a couple of decisions that would have been scary to make because they would have to confront something that's very already like a teetering balance of stuff uh and risk knocking it all over or, or coming off as to and for your first movie i think it's probably a better decision to play it that safe yes and like make a really really pretty great movie that doesn't take it to that next level because I can definitely see those actors and this story kind of getting too preachy or too on the nose. Absolutely. But what I loved about this movie is that when they finally get to the, cause Renisha almost like disappears from the story at this point. She's sort of like this person who's just like, come on, please. Like, I don't want to, or I do, you know, she's sort of, she sort of is just like a fetch quest kind of person, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Eric sort of takes over. And then when they get to the next hospital, she finally gets the rape kit. And she has this moment with the sane nurse and she's like, tell me what happened. And then we have this scene where, Ooh, we forgot to mention one of the best shots in the movie where he like puts her hand on her, on her thigh. Yeah. yeah and yeah. like the lighting changes mm-hmm. to the way the club looked and she like swats his hand away. Yeah. That's amazing. I that was one of the best shots in the movie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but we get to the same nurse and she starts telling the nurse what happened, which is mostly I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I have almost no recollection of it. And then, what in a in a worse movie might feel like a kind of cliche like flashback sequence, but in this movie feels so much like the way memory works where it's different shots than what you saw before and they're like you're not sure if they're entirely real. Mm-hmm. And then she's like what what when was the last time you had consensual sex? And she's like 2 days ago with my boyfriend and you cut to like these other shots of her of Eric you haven't seen where he's just like smiling and like being nice. Yeah. Like her memories are like of him being a good guy or whatever. Like the way that worked was I think really emotionally good for me. Um, And then it cuts, I think in this moment to the sequence where they're like sitting in the backyard and she's like, what are you thinking about? And he's like, you wear no clothes. Remember that part? And then there's this, what they're, and then he's like, I was thinking about designing something to brand you with because I own you. And then it's like, Oh, that's an interesting dynamic for this yeah. relationship. And that's all you get of it though. Um and I like that the movie continues to add like context to the relationship as you're going through this really difficult thing with them. Right. Uh where it's like 
is there like kind of a like they're aware of their interracial aspect and they play with it because in the beginning they say she's like you're a freak you know like they have a weird sexual thing going on and they're aware of it but but the movie isn't completely letting us in on it um but that component is like from that moment on like always there where he's like in charge but then he's like wants to be kind and right i like that i like that they didn't do it with dialogue they did it with like this other sequence that mm-hmm. isn't related, but now informs the rest of the movie. Right. Um, I thought that was really clever. And then at the very end of the movie, you get another one where she's going to meet him at his friend's house who are all white people. Right. right and right. she's just standing in the front yard for 15 minutes. And she's like, don't do this. Like, I don't know these people. And then he like gets it. And mm-hmm. it's like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And yeah, and so like seeing that scene, then you're like, you're like, how, how, how does this guy who does that, who like realizes that he fucked up and apologizes, how does he not throughout this whole day, at some point, be like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm being kind of a lot, right? Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The moments that I loved the most, now that I'm saying it out loud, the moments I loved the most and thought were like really great of uh, parts of this movie were parts with dialogue. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, when when they talk, it's great. When they don't talk, it's tough. Um, and it's not boring exactly. No, but, I wouldn't say it's boring. I'd say it's just it's leaving too much to me. And yeah, sure, I'm fine with that. I'm just. I'm worried that I'm not getting what you want. You know right. what I mean? Like I mean, we're white people. As the like, filmmaker, like <laughs> you have, I hope, a vision of this, and and you have, I hope, an understanding of like even if even if he doesn't say why this is so important to him, I hope that you, as the filmmaker, know know why this is mm-hmm. so important to him, and you know, I'm leaving the movie with my understanding of why this is important to him. I'm curious, why do you think it was so important to him? Me? Yeah. I thought it was because, like, in that moment, I think what he's thinking is, well, I couldn't decide. I couldn't decide if I thought it was because he wanted it to make sure it was true. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that it that she didn't just cheat on him. Like, you have to go through with this because I yeah. want you to make me believe that it was non-consensual. Mm-hmm. Or... Because he wanted vengeance and he wanted to do everything he could okay, to make sure that they find the guy or, you yeah. know, so I think it's so I couldn't tell which one it was, but it's so one now of them. I'm, so now I'm, I'm, I'm more, I, I'm actually now I'm more on the movie's side than I was before because I basically I'm in the same place, but mine is a mix of the two where it's essentially like he is seeking vengeance on this guy as a conduit battle for his own battle with his thoughts of, did you ask for this? Was yeah. this just you doing did this? Did you cheat on me? Like, I don't think me. that he's like punishing her by making her go through this and like specifically trying to be like, you, you will go through this to ensure that this wasn't like, I, I think that he like somehow like crosses wires in his head of being like, if, we get justice on this guy, then it means that this wasn't your fault. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's complicated and it becomes a proxy war. He doesn't want to put it on her. And that's why I think it works that he doesn't say anything because I'm just like, 
why does he want it? And like, I, yeah. And you, and you think back to that first time that she's explaining it to him where like, she doesn't do a great job explaining no, it to him. Terrible as like, job. Cause she at that time isn't really totally sure. Like she, not sure, but rather like she, she knows that she drank and she knows that like she was being irresponsible drinking that much. She feels guilty. So she feels guilty and she apologizes to him. And, and in that moment, you know, she's not ready to name it yet. He's the one who says you were raped. We need to go get a rape kit. Right. She hasn't even gotten herself emotionally to that point yet. Right. And that's why she's sort of this like ghost for that section of the movie where she's just like, not sure what to, and again, one of the most realistic depictions of this, I've probably the most realistic depiction of like how rape works I've ever seen on film, which is an achievement. And I think you should watch it for that reason alone absolutely um and just to wrap up the story of it is that uh she goes back to work we forgot well they call the cops oh yeah they call the cops she doesn't want to call the cops she's like stop it she's trying to hang up the phone yeah she they're in a waiting room before this is before she goes to see the same nurse he calls the cops and he's like i need to report a rape and she's like she's like what the fuck don't do that and like then while she's talking to the saints or she drops the pee uh and oh then, yeah, yeah, yeah and then while she's talking to the same nurse the cops are there and she like doesn't want to talk to them and she does anyway anyway she goes back to work yeah she goes back to work and she gets a call from the police it's like the next day yeah and the police are just like hey we're gonna have to close your case no, and she's no. like what the fuck and and she's like they're like yeah we well, didn't get the plate number and like there's no dna on file with the rape kit so i mean nothing we can really fucking do for you right and she's like, all right. And they're like, well, if anything comes up, she just hangs up. We'll let you know, <laughs> I guess. And then like somebody from work is like, hey, do you want to get lunch? And she's like, no. And they're like, all right. Yeah. I felt so bad for her in that moment because it's like her brand new job. Yeah. And these like hopeful white people. She's like one of, seems like the only black person who works there. And these like hopeful white people are like, hey, we're hey, going to be friends with you. And she's just like, does not have the energy to like. No. Even, even be like politely like i you know i can't today but i'll come next time she's just like no leave me alone yeah and it's like ugh. and then she goes home and uh she it seems like she's not like she also took her braids out right before this oh uh, yeah, yeah she took her braids like, out cries in the bathtub good acting great acting in that moment and then the end is she like kisses him on the forehead yep and then goes inside and that's the end. oh Right, we see the party scene a little before, yeah. and then she goes inside. She like, sort of like, says hi, and then just stands in her bedroom. Yeah, it's like she's not ready to be, she's not ready to be normal with him again. But like, it's almost like she's kind of like throwing up a smoke signal to be like, you know, be nice to me, be nice yeah. to me, but also <laughs> like, I'm not like, you're not dead to me either. Right, and I think my. My personal biggest gripe with the movie is that there isn't enough, for me at least, you know, and I, I, there may, you know, I'm not a black woman. I don't know. I I feel like I picked up on a lot of the subtle things they were trying to get across of like Mm -hmm. the subtle racism she was experiencing at work, at the hospitals, from the police, et cetera, et cetera. But the stuff with her boyfriend I don't entirely know how I'm supposed to process it, but I I felt like I wanted 
a little more not closure exactly but like i wanted to know exactly what i was supposed to be feeling about their relationship at the end yeah. and that felt too open-ended mm-hmm. um and so the ending is it's a reasonable place to stop yeah i think it's i i was okay with it because i feel like it is open-ended but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like they closed the book you know like whether or not their relationship is going to work out forever or like in like the super long term is extremely up for questioning but i feel like what they were trying to signal to us with that last like kiss on the forehead is to be like it's not over right now right i don't know if we're going to make it past this because that's the thing right is it's like the overall theme of the movie is like the way that this one incident this one thing that this man did to her is like basically it's just like sunk its little fucking claws into like every single part of her life right it's painted everything about her life now where like her work is fucked now like even if she like she could keep this job and whatever but like her relationship with this job will always be painted by this because she got raped on her first day of her new job you know the way her boyfriend behaved the way her boyfriend behaves now is going to always forever paint their relationship like all these things are irrevocably changed because of of her being raped by this guy and and, you know never gonna go to that fucking bar again like blah 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 (laughs) like i guess the idea is to have said like you know i'm not like it, it it's not over between us right now but i'm also not okay <laughs> so right. yeah so know. it 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 ends in a very like up in the air space but how else could it end yeah um unless you just did a whole series about her life or whatever right but i think uh, yeah so you know the moments where she's friends with amber and like they comfort her and like that works the moments with uh i really love the flashback stuff i really the flashback stuff is incredible yeah it's some of the best stuff in the movie mm-hmm. so yeah it's a tough movie yeah um one thing little bit of of levity to end on mm-hmm. is uh the biggest problem with the movie my number one biggest gripe with the movie is that dude is not a believable tattoo artist. He has like five <laughs> tattoos. Are I know, you fucking he be kidding me? Covered in tattoos. He has Are like, you kidding me? He has the you amount of tattoos. Yeah, he's got as many tattoos as I have, and I don't have that many tattoos. Yeah. I have a couple. <laughs> yeah. Uh that is very unbelievable. I was like, yeah. wait, he's not a tattoo artist. And they artist. all look quite old. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh but no, I think one thing that I liked about this um you know movies that get i think one of the movies reasons this movie isn't that popular mm. or like didn't get like a a big life besides it being like a very difficult movie but it's not this sort of like i think i was thinking a lot about feek the signifier watching this movie mm-hmm. because it's not a movie about like black joy or like right and it's not really even about black struggle or you know the sort of torture porn stuff that people are always complaining about. Um, it's just a story about a person going through something and her identity is central and important. Yeah. But it's not, not what it's the not movie's the story. About. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really interesting for that reason. And I, and I wanted to at least watch one movie that was sort of not explicitly like, you know, 
was this fun black culture stuff. Like I right, wanted to just right. see somebody making a piece of art that was like about their life or like something that they'd experienced or something that people go through through a specific lens. And yeah. I thought I would I'm really honestly super surprised that it was this good. Yeah. Um for a first time director. Uh yeah, very impressive first movie. I'm really excited to see what Shatara Michelle Ford uh <laughs> is gonna do. I yeah. think I think they showed some really, really impeccable t- decisions. Uh and if they have a little more confidence under their belt, I think you know, we won't have these problems of like not having scenes with dialogue because yeah. they're a little scared of what that could mean. So I recommend it. I it's Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. It's uh you know, again, extremely you just listen to us talk about the whole movie, but very emotionally big trigger warning. Yes. Uh but uh if you can handle it, it's not come and see. Like you'll come away from it feeling like, okay, it's a movie about yeah. a relationship and something hard going happening. But uh Yeah, you're not gonna have like <laughs> lasting well you might but i mean like lasting psychic damage yeah it's not that bad just you know steal yourself a little bit i've you know came in went into it like prepared for some tough stuff and it's tough but it's a great movie so yeah anyway that's the movie that's the movie that's the show that's the show thanks for listening this has been generation loss the show about movies with Brendan and jeremy yep if you'd like to hear more of our show go to patreon.com slash generation loss where we post a bonus episode every week uh and you could get access to that and all the ones we've done before we generally talk about the movie news sometimes we'll review a movie like this month we did jackass forever yes which is a great review and a, a great, great movie, movie. A fantastic one. Want to just say hot plug at the end here for Jackass Forever. Go see it. (laughs) Go fucking see it. We are under 15 patrons away from season three of Sopranos. Thank you all for signing up for that. Uh, And um, please uh, make sure you get there. Tell all your friends. Yeah. If you're hearing this and you're not subscribed, mosey on over. Come on over there. Come on. We'll hang out with you in the Discord and you can watch a movie with us on Sunday. Yeah. Before and uh, the, this coming uh, this coming week, we're going to be watching the documentary featurette. Uh, What's, What's up, up Fat Lip? Lip. Apparent for it's like one of the first movies we talked about. I think yeah. like off mic when we were doing like the Lane thing. Like you told yeah. me about that movie. Like uh-huh. it's a it's a short documentary about Fat Lip from the Far Side. Yeah, uh, that came I believe just came as the enhanced CD <laughs> for his album that it, had the single What's Up Fat Lip on it. It's directed by Spike Jones. And it's fantastic. I watched it in that one film class that I took. Oh, nice. Uh, but I was sick the day that we talked about it, so I don't know why it was uh, on the curriculum. Oh, my God. No idea. Well, I've never seen it, so uh, I will be excited to talk about it next week. Uh, I've, I've been hearing Jeremy tell me to watch it for two years. years now. So we will see you next week with What's Up, Fat Lip. Until then, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.